So Mark chapter 15, verse 20. And when they had mocked him, they took the purple off him and put on or put his clothes on him and led him out to crucify him. Then they compelled a certain man, Simon a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. And they brought him to the place Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. And may the Lord bless his word as we have it read into our hearts today. Today, uh, I want us to look at this idea of how to live a carefree life. How do you live a carefree life? Hmm. You know, Jesus had a lot of burdens on his life. He, he had the struggle of being misunderstood by virtually everybody. He lived his life, I think, quite alone had it not been for the fact that he spent a lot of his time praying to his father. He, he, he had meetings set up with God, his father, and he, he got comfort from knowing that God the Father understood him. And in this chapter, we learn about Jesus going to the cross. After they mock him, they beat him up, they give him the, the cross, but shortly thereafter, he couldn't carry it. He literally couldn't carry it. So they, they got a man to carry it for him. And his name was Simon the Cyrene. Uh, Cyrene was a city on the north coast of Africa. It was originally named after some uh, Greek uh, person, but it was a situation where Simon uh, was just happened to be there. He didn't know what was going on, but he was nearby, he was healthy, and he carried the cross for Jesus. Uh, Jesus, I think, bore this burden for a reason, and I think the reason why he collapsed and why God has it recorded that he needed someone to carry it for him is to prove that Jesus had to give everything for us. He gave the full measure. So he went to the point of exhaustion when he carried his cross and he couldn't carry it anymore. So you can only do so much. And in this case, he did all. He carried it till he couldn't carry it and they had to get somebody else to carry it. He had a burden upon him. And, and yet, I, I have a feeling today that if we look at these scriptures that we're going to look at today, I hope that you are taking notes. And if you're not taking real regular notes, I hope you're taking mental notes. And I hope you remember these words because they're all related to what God has said throughout the scriptures about how to live a, a, a carefree life. That sounds kind of odd. You know, when we hear people say, don't worry, that's easier said than done <laughs> because I do think most everyone struggles with worry. We worry about many, many things. And yet the scripture here says that Jesus, you talk about worries, he had worries. You know, the night before this, he was praying or the morning before because it was deep into the night, but he was praying and he was praying for God to take away this cup. But it was so stressful the sweats were like drops of blood pouring from his skin. That's how bad this stress was on him. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And that's what Jesus, our Savior, said. But how stressed out was he? No doubt he was stressed. No doubt that he was burdened. He wasn't just burdened 
physically with the cross later on, but he was burdened with the emotions and the, the heartaches of the entire world. And it was very, very difficult for him. So how do we get into a place to where we deal with the burdens of life in the way that God wants us to deal with the burdens of life? And I, and I, and I feel like there are many scriptures that will help us on these cases. So the first verse I'm going to look at is in 1 Peter chapter 5. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, you can just write down the verse names because they're very familiar. Uh, it says in verses 6 and 7, these words, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And the verse 7 is the key verse here for us, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Think about that for a moment. Did he say that just give some of your worries to the Lord? <laughs> Let God handle some problems, but you can handle the other cares. Did he say that you could pick and choose which cares to give to God and which cares to burden for yourself or to carry for yourself? No, he uses that word, all. All your cares. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a feeling that we could be here all afternoon if we started writing down all the cares and concerns and worries we might have. You really, if you really think about it, that's quite an inventory. I mean, it, it, I was just thinking about all of the cares and concerns you can possibly be uh, having and burdening your soul, and, and it's numerous. Uh, if you take an inventory, just, just a small inventory of the things we worry about, and they're in no particular order. We, or, we are afraid uh, about our physical condition. I mean, clearly, uh, as we age or if we have a sickness or if we're going through surgery, we physically are worried about our health. And that can get us down because we don't know uh, what's going to happen with our health. And people have said, and I think they're right, if you lose your health, you've really lost a whole lot. It doesn't matter how much money you have if you're not healthy. So physical worries cause us concerns almost every day and maybe multiple times throughout the day. We can be worried about our family. How many of you have the perfect family? How many of you can say honestly that everybody in your family always does everything right and has no problems? The, I don't think any of us can say that because we all know that family worries us. We worry about our families. We worry about situations. When you think about dysfunctional families, I never liked that phrase because it, it, it equates family as serving a function. Uh, well, I mean, we, we have uh, tools that serve functions, but families are not tools. Families are supposed to be something that's far more important than that. But I do think that all families struggle no family is perfect, and today our world does not make family life easy. This world, in my opinion, is trying to destroy the family and has done a, uh, a pretty successful job, I think, of wrecking families. So yes, family worries, they are huge. Other worries, personal, how about our own personal failures? How many people are just living today with guilt? 
living in worry about their failures, worried about what people think of them and will say of them and and worried about the things that they tried and didn't succeed in and worried about the whole opinion of other people, worried about their own life. Hmm. A lot of worry there. And it cripples people because they just withdraw when they can't feel that confidence anymore. When they have a poor view of themselves, then they withdraw from the world and and I feel like they turn to other things. Yes, there are many personal worries that we have. We all have character flaws. We all have weaknesses. And they are always brought to our minds by the devil so that he will keep us afraid. But not just physical concerns and family worries and personal faults, but also we have emotional issues and worries. Uh, think about it. Are you always in a good mood? <laughs> or do you are, are you like me? You can have a good mood. You might not have a good mood. What about your emotional struggles? How do you deal with the change of your emotions throughout the day or the month or the, or the year? You know, we, we react sometimes to things we see out of our emotions and we don't keep control of our emotions. Yes, there are many emotional concerns and worries upon each person. And material concerns. If you have any property, if you own anything, then that thing is subject to being stolen, destroyed, decayed. Uh, it can, can be uh, lost. It can break. Uh, it has to be maintained. It has to be insured. You see that owning a lot of things, the more you own, the more worries you can have because you've got to deal with them and they can stress you out and cause you grief. And that is a problem. That's called worry. That's a care. And that can, the more you got, the more you got to worry about. Just think about that. Material concerns are always a worry. If you've got, you got a beautiful, nice field, five-acre field like my father-in-law, you got to get it mowed. <laughs> so he's got to take care of it, you know? Somebody's got to do it. Got to take care of it. Or get some animals that will take care of it for you or make hay one way or the other. How about this? I haven't even mentioned this one. I'm sure no one ever worries about financial worries. <laughs> Worried about money or the lack thereof. Today, people are worried about money, and they always have been, I think. Worried about how they're going to make it. Worried about, do they have enough? Some people worried about whether they have enough to retire. Others are worried about whether they just have enough to, to get through the month or the day. It's really tough on so many families. Prices go up, but the salaries don't go up in the same amount. So it's tough financial decisions. And also bad financial decisions make it worse on people. And these cause more worries. So the more you go and try to solve in the wrong way your financial problems, the more worries you get. It just You talk about compounding interest, it compounds worries when you don't do things correctly. Yes, financial worries, they're huge. Social and, and community worries. I do not believe that in our country in this 21st century that we've built up our communities like they used to be. <laughs> I think we've gone down in the quality of communities. We've gone down in this idea of community. People are antisocial. They don't 
we're, we're, we are deliberately being led to become sort of like birds in the chicken coops that are being put into our cells. We have a function. They'll feed us. They'll make sure that we get our vitamins, but we are just there to feed the system. That's where we're going. And I, and I really feel like the days when you could just enjoy life in your community. I mean, I grew up and I grew up in the 1970s and my mom let me go everywhere I needed to go. If I needed to get on a bicycle, drive, uh, uh, walk, I mean, ride my bicycle two miles to the store, I went two miles to the store. I didn't have a cell phone. You know, they, she had no idea. I mean, I tell her where I was and she knew where I was going, but we had trust and we had a whole lot of different things going on at the time, but that world is not the day. Now parents had to know where their kid is every moment, give them the cell phone, thinking, oh, I can at least keep track of my child. But, but, but who else is keeping track of your child on that phone? And who is targeting your child and grandchildren on the phone with all the garbage that the world is feeding to your children, creating false views of reality, and then they're on with their social networks, and they are in all kinds of worry, making mountains out of molehills over every bad thing that's said on that phone. Mm. Yes, we've got social worries. <laughs> Trust me, we have a lot of community worries. And then, of course, political worries. You know, I, I, I'm not satisfied that the government of the United States under either party is being run as though it needs to be run by Jesus. I, I mean, I'd love to see Daniel in charge of our government, wouldn't you? Godly man like Daniel, wouldn't you love that? I would love that. Uh, I pray that God will, will do something like that. But, you know, politics has always through history been a problem. There's just been political problems. And through the Bible, they very rarely got the government right. In all the Bible, even when God himself set up a country, they very rarely had good government. They had government, but they didn't have good government most of the time. So that's a worry too. So I made a small little dent in the list of cares and concerns that we have, but uh, I've not done much to alleviate these concerns. I haven't given you a platform how to solve these problems. I've just mentioned them because I don't know your financial and your emotional and your social struggles. I don't know your material struggles. I don't know what you're going through in your family all the time. But I tell you what I do think, is I do think that God said in his word, cast all your cares upon him, all of them, not one, not two, not some, all of them on him. Because you see, he can carry it. He carried those burdens. If you want to know what was really keeping him from carrying that cross, I think it was more than the physical weight of that, that beam, but I do believe it was the weight of all of our worries upon his shoulders. No wonder he collapsed. No wonder it was so hard on him. And God, I believe, gives us wisdom in his word on how to deal with these things. I want to look at another scripture. Now, this scripture is from the book of Matthew, chapter 11. So I'll go back here and turn with you. I don't have it marked either, so you can turn and I will turn. So Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. And, and, and the Lord Jesus 
God bless him so much, he gives to us some ways to deal with this, this weight, the burden upon your soul. You've got hope today because of what Jesus says in these words. So in Matthew 11, 28, Jesus says, come to me, all you, that means every one of you, who labor and are heavy laden. If you're weighted down by the cares and the concerns of this world, if you're having a hard time facing this world and you don't know how to deal with these concerns, and I tell you, I don't know how to deal with these huge problems. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Whew, what a promise. This is the Lord Jesus. This is the man who will conquer death. This is the man who faced death and who took on death personally and defeated death. Yes, Jesus Christ, the Lord, says, come to me. If you're weighed, weighted down, I'll give you rest. That is a relief. And, we, and you know what? He never lies. Jesus does not lie to us. He means it. When he says that he's going to give us rest, he means he's going to give us rest. This is where we fail. We are failing to believe what Jesus said, and we're failing to do what Jesus told us to do. He says he gives us rest. Why aren't we resting? Why don't we have that peace in our souls? Why are we so worried about every single thing that can be lined up against us when really we're not supposed to? But he gives us something else. Look what he says next. Verse number 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You see, I, I know one thing about the yoke of a, on the oxen. That yoke, which is sort of a collar that goes around the neck of the, the animal, the beast of burden, is intended to help that animal distribute the weight so the animal can more easily carry and pull the load. That's what the yoke is there for. But Jesus says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Now, if I carry a backpack to school with uh, uh, my thermos and my computer and things like that when I go to school, the backpack. Now, if I was to carry that backpack, which is maybe a 10-pound backpack, let's say, and if, let's say I was to lift it up by tying a string to it like a yo-yo and tying that yo-yo string around my pinky finger, and I said, that's how I'm going to carry that. Now, I have the power. I'm a strong man. I can carry that 10-pound weight with my pinky finger. I sure can. But I couldn't carry it for long without doing some hurting. <laughs> it would cut through my skin in not too many minutes because I haven't yoked that burden. Because, you see, the yoke is there to make the burden carryable. It's not that the burden is gone, but that it enables you to carry it and it's not a stress to you. And in life, when he says, cast all your cares upon him, it's not that you don't have any cares. Everyone's got cares. We have problems, but God will give us the wisdom and the yoke to carry those burdens the way we need to so that they don't, we don't feel them. So when I put the strap around my shoulder, 
it's much easier to carry than if I was to tie a string to it and carry it with my pinky. And God, I think, wants us to know that this life is the same way. You can choose to get through life on your own, but it's just like having a string cut through your skin. You're just not qualified to carry that burden if you don't get the right leverage, if you don't have the right protection from the cutting weight and burden of it all. But Jesus tells us in his word what we need to do. Take his yoke upon us and learn from him because he says, hey, I'll listen. He's meek. He's lowly in heart. He's not going to throw you out. He doesn't care how bad you think you are. He loves you and me. He wants the best for you and me. And he wants us to get through this world the way we need to. You say, well, Brother Keith, how in the world are we going to do this? What about when we have real problems, you know? Well, the truth is, the Bible says, cast all your cares upon him. All of them. That's all of them. So if that's the case, then how do you deal with your problems? Well, one way to do it is what he said in the Bible in the book of Matthew chapter 5, when he spoke about mourning. He said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You know, even if you have grief in your life, you lose loved ones or you lose anything and you mourn over society and you're, we've lost our society, it seems. We've lost the innocence of our entertainment system. We've lost so much in our society. It makes me grieve, but that grieving process is part of casting your cares upon the Lord because God will reward you when you grieve. You see, to mourn is to let go of that burden. To mourn is to say to God, I have suffered a loss, Lord, but I'm giving it to you. That's what it's all about. And God wants us to mourn. It's not that you go through life and you don't cry. No, anybody who thinks that living the Christian life is to go through the world without tears doesn't know the Christian life. You have tears, but those tears are part of the yoke that you need. The tears make life easier for you. And when we grieve, it's one of the ways of getting rid of that burden so that you don't have to bear it anymore. And he will bear it for you. He does so much for us. God bless him so much. He cares for us. He's attentive to us. And he, he always is there for us. There was a little boy, about a five-year-old boy, and he, he wasn't well, and he had to stay home from church. It was uh, during Palm Sunday, and the church did some special thing where they actually had palm branches. The dad came back home from the church and had the palm branches, and the boy said, why do you have that? He said, well, these are palm branches. He said, well, what, what are they used for? And he said, well, uh, when Jesus went and and went by the people, they raised the palm branches over his head. The little boy said, wouldn't you know it, the one day I miss church and he shows up. <laughs> Jesus does show up in our lives. He cares because he says so clearly here that my yoke is easy, my burden is light. You've got the burden, but he's made the yoke and I've always wondered is, 
I wonder if he isn't the lead oxen too. <laughs> you ever wondered about that? I, I, I kind of have a feeling that not only is he pulling, but I mean, are we pulling? But I have a feeling he's doing most of the work. Don't you think so? We're just kind of going along with him and, and let him pull that yoke. The Bible, I read a, a, a message to you about a month ago or two where we talked about the sower, the parable of the sower. And you remember some of the seeds fell on the wayside, some fell in the rocky places, some fell among the thorns. And the, the seed that fell among the thorns, it got choked. The word got choked by the cares and the concerns of this world. And if you are worrying all the time, your word, the word of God is being choked in your life. So God wants us to get rid of those things. We've got to clear the ground of those things. We cannot be worried about them because when we are worried about everything, then we are not obeying the Lord. We literally have to say, Lord, Yes, I'm concerned about this, Lord, but Lord, I'm giving it to you. Lord, I'm upset about this, but I'm giving it to you. Lord, I, I grieve over this, but I'm giving it to you. Because if we can clear the ground of, of our responsibility for every problem in the world, which it, we are not responsible for every problem, if we would just clear the ground, then we make room for the word of God to do its job. And so that's why I think the ultimate solution in life is to clear the ground of our lives by not worrying and giving the Lord a clear place to plant his word. And if we will make sure that we invest in God's word in our hearts, we'll grow up and be fruitful, fruitful. Now, think about that one for a moment. Uh, if I have an apple tree, which I don't, but if I had one, and I get one apple out of that tree, you could say, well, the apple tree bear, bared fruit or bore fruit, but not a good apple tree, is it? Uh, you get an apple tree, what do you want? You want the whole thing to be full of fruit. And I think that's what God wants for you and me. He wants us to not occasionally do a kind deed. I think he wants us to be fruitful, full of fruit constantly. And you can't be fruitful unless you get the ground cleared, because all that clutter is going to ruin your ability to concentrate on God, pray the way you need to, and really to be free of the burdens that you're bearing, because I think it's impossible. How do you deal with the world the way it is? I don't know how to do with it, deal with it, but you know what? God knows how to, and he knows how to help us, and he cares for us, because remember what he says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. I have a feeling that he knows what's best for us. I have a feeling that when we trust him and do what he wants, he'll solve problems before we get to the problem. He literally has that power. And he certainly doesn't want us burdened by all these trivial things that someday we're all we're never going to worry about. You know, last night my ball team lost a game. you know what? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter because it's just a trivial thing. But we get upset. No reason to get upset. Don't get upset over the small things. Instead, put everything in the Lord's hands. Don't feel guilty when you mourn because mourning helps clear up the ground. 
It helps you get that off of your, your soul. Uh, y'all are living witnesses to grief. You've lost loved ones. You've had difficulties in your lives. You've had sicknesses. You know what it's like to lose, but if you've grieved properly, you've also seen how God heals you. You leave, it leaves a scar, but you're healed and you have a purpose. And remember, this world's not the end, end all for everything, is it? We're going to a better place. We've got a better plan for us. So this world's not perfect anyway. God has a plan for us all. He loves us, he cares for us, and he wants the ground clear. He wants the word sowed. He wants the plant to be fruitful. And it all starts with us giving up those worries. Don't worry about it. it, it they put, put a bunch of burdens on us. It's the Lord's burdens. Just say, Lord, take this. I can't deal with it. I'm just going to take it one day at a time because you can only take things one day at a time because tomorrow it's got its own problems, Jesus said. And when we do this, I think we'll find that God will relieve us of the burdens. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for your love and thank you for providing for us. Thank you for the loved ones that we've lost recently who we, we are praying that, that we would be able to realize that our own lives are temporary on this world. And Lord, would you please guide and comfort us because we need it and give us wisdom so that we don't live this week in fear or worry anymore. For we pray it in Jesus' name and amen.